in the kingdom, what we see is birthed out of what we hear. The kingdom does not come by observation. The kingdom comes by faith and by hearing the word of truth. Romans, he says that this word of faith is in your heart and in your mouth. And so the most important thing for the believer to operate in the kingdom of God is to hear the voice of God. The most important thing for you is to hear the voice of God. Not to see miracles, not to see what people are saying, not to see what people are doing, but to hear what God is saying at any particular moment. Jesus could look at the Pharisees and the people gathered and he will tell them, I know what is in your heart. Because I know what the Father is saying about you. Now, if we are going to walk and operate and function in the kingdom of God, it is important we understand we cannot function by sight. We cannot go by what we are seeing, but by what we are hearing. And hearing the voice of God is not for pastors. Hearing the voice of God is not for men of God. Hearing the voice of God is a right and a requirement for every believer. And it is not for evening when you go to uh, pray. Hearing the voice of God is not for morning when you are kneeling down to pray. Hearing the voice of God is a requirement for a walk and a life of faith. Hallelujah. Now we sing, I am a friend of God, 
I am a friend of God. He calls me what? He calls me friend. Now, John, the book of John, where Jesus says, you are my friends. Book of John 15.
the sin of presumption. And the Bible talks about Samuel, the prophet who had God from when he was a boy, and he grows up hearing God to the point God tells him, now it's my time to go anoint a leader, a, a king for Israel. The most important decision in the history of Israel, it was now being carried out by Samuel. And Samuel carries the anointing oil. And as he's carrying the anointing oil, he goes to the house of Jesse because God had sent him to the house of Jesse. In the house of Jesse, he was supposed to anoint a son. The only problem is, in the house of Jesse, there were nine sons. There were nine sons. And when the sons are paraded before him, they bring the first one. And when they bring the first one, the Bible says Samuel looked at him and he said, this must be God's uh, chosen one. This must be the one God has chosen. And he said because he was handsome, he was tall, he looked like a man who should be anointed by God. And he lifted up his horn to anoint him. And God said, uh-uh. I don't look as you look. The sin of presumption. I don't go as you go. You look in the eye. I look at the heart. And the second one comes. And Samuel says, sure, this must be the one. And he's about to anoint him. And God says, uh-uh, I have rejected him. How many times are we doing things? If it works, it's God. If it doesn't work, then it must be the devil. We try this job. If it doesn't work, it must be the devil. If it works, that must be God. Hoping and presuming that whatever works, that is where God is. And all the sons came, the eight sons, even the dad, Jesse, is looking at this prophet and thinking, what are you waiting on? What exactly are you looking for in a king? And when the last of the present sons passed by, Samuel asked the dad, is there anyone? And he says, there's one back to them. And he's uh, herding the sheep. He says, bring him. We will not sit down until I've anointed the one I need to anoint. Now imagine if Samuel did not hear God. If Samuel went by what he saw. If Samuel went with what was convenient. If Samuel went with the available. Because that's the problem. We say God uses the available. No, he doesn't. He uses the ones he has called. They may not be available, he will get them. None of us are available. All of us are blind. We want to do our own things. He gets us and he says, you did not choose me. I chose you. The sin of presumption. I did not hear God. But what harm could it be? What is the worst that could happen if I live my life without the voice of God? Now Samuel had heard God, but he needed to keep hearing God. Abraham heard God and was going to go kill your son. There's really no two ways about that. There's no way to interpret that. He said, go kill your son. And in fact, Abraham had it down to say, you are only begotten son. Who do you love? Not Ishmael, Isaac. Takes up his son, goes up the mountain, and on the mountain, he has, uh, he has the knife. He is ready to kill him. And God says, actually, don't kill him. Same God, different one. If Abraham had only gone with what God has said, 
We wouldn't have Isaac today. Brethren, many of us are walking by presumption. Many of us are groping around in the darkness. We have figured away a system to see whether it is God or not. And one of the system is whether something is hard or easy. There's many ways we describe it. We say, I built a piece about it. You think Abraham had a piece about killing his son? I have felt a piece about killing my son. It must have been God speaking. No. You hear and you do. It's not about how you feel. Amen. We don't judge with how we feel. We judge God saying it, then I do it. That's enough. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Our ears are more open than our eyes. Because in the spirit, audio is faster than vision. Audio is faster and more reliable than vision. Even in heaven, by the way. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says, and John heard, he says, and I heard, behold, the Lamb, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, has been found worthy to open the book. That is John, uh, Revelation 5. He says, and I heard, the angel told me, that behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has been found worthy. Then the Bible says, and I looked, and behold. Even in heaven, you start with hearing, then you see. I looked, and behold, a lamb that was slain. Because your eyes see the lamb, but the angel is describing a lion. You hear a lion, you see a lamb. John 6, Jesus says, you study scripture thinking that in them you have eternal life, and they are the ones which witness about me, and you won't come to me. And so there is scripture, and then there is Jesus. And you can have scripture, and it is Jesus. In fact, they sacrificed, they crucified Jesus because of scripture. The Pharisees they crucified Jesus because of the Bible. Do you know how many people who go to hell and they know the Bible? Do you know how many people are fighting and killing each other and they know the Bible? But if you know Jesus, then love is perfected in your heart. Amen. Amen. 
Knowing the Bible does not make you anything. The people who crucified Jesus, they crucified him with the power and the backing of the Bible. And he says, you study scripture, thinking that in them you have eternal life. And they are the ones who witness about me. But you won't come to me that you may have life. The problem is we have been told that this is the word of God. This is a manual for your life. You know there is no verse like that. That this is a manual for life. It's all religion. It's all religion. And some people will say, oh the Bible says basic instructions before leaving earth. What? Hmm? What if it's in Swahili? What does that mean? Eh? <laughs> what if it's Spanish? What does it mean? <laughs> we have in, been invited to a person called Jesus. And whether you know a verse or you don't know a verse, he has invited you. And the one who has done theology and the one who has never cracked open a Bible, they can find a home in God through Jesus. Amen. You did not come to Jesus because you knew the Bible. God did not save you because you knew the Bible. He saved you because you said, I want that Jesus. You know the funny thing is, and the guru says, we were writing with the board letters, Jesus is the answer. Then when people call say, we told them, actually, the Bible is the answer. So who is the answer? Amen? Who is the answer? And when we get people saved, and then when we get them here, we direct them to the Bible. We thought, by the way, you gotta be baptized, you gotta give your tithes, you gotta give a seed, you gotta do this, and you actually need to go to Bible school. If Jesus is the answer, let's keep the message of the cross very, very simple. Amen? You are pleasing to your Father and the only thing you need to know is learn of Jesus Christ. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Learn of me for I am gentle of spirit. You know how I know this is not the word of God? <laughs> huh? Because you can choose which verse to read. to come and read the Bible. 
But once I know his voice, he speaks to me even in my mess. I cannot edit his voice. I cannot shut it off. Because I've given myself to him. And when I'm hearing him, he's not necessarily speaking about my situation. Because again, we like that. We preach. It does not matter your situation. God is saying this about you. No, 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 no. No. He has an agenda and he is the Lord. And you could be going through hell, but he's talking to you about heaven. You could be really wanting him to bless your family. He's telling you, I want you to pray for Donald Trump, even though you are a Democrat. And you're there thinking, I really don't like this. He says, I want you to bless him. I want you to pray for him. I want you to do this. And you're thinking, can I pray for Obama? Is it that the same thing? He said, no, 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 you pray for him. Then he wakes you up at night and says, I want you to pray for the world to be built. And you're thinking, uh, <laughs> Shibu, thinking, that must be the devil, the master of hard work. Once we desire to hear the voice of God, we accept his lordship over us. We give up our right to choose. We give up the right to lead our ways, that he may lead us and he may transform us to his image and our minds be renewed so we can walk with the mind of Christ. But it must begin by hearing his voice. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So what are you seeing versus what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Second case. And I want you to know that the Lord takes pleasure in you. He has so many things he wants you to know. He has so many things he wants you to know by speaking to you. He does not love Pastor Jacob more than you and so that his voice can only come through Pastor Jacob. He wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to have a relationship with you. He is pleased with you because of Jesus. And I say that with all confidence. With all confidence. Because of Jesus, God is not angry at you. Remember, Jesus died for the world. Jesus died for the world. And he has sent us to tell the world that he has reconciled the world to himself. And so our message is God is not angry at you anymore. He has poured his anger on Jesus. And so if you are thinking, God wouldn't speak to me because of where I have been, what I have done. Now if you are going to disqualify yourself from hearing God because of your own life, God spoke to Pharaoh, God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, God spoke to a donkey. Jesus spoke to prostitutes. Jesus spoke to Judas. Jesus spoke to Herod, to Pilate, to all of those people. Him speaking to you has nothing to do with what you want. As long as you believe that he speaks, then he will begin speaking to you. And through his word, he will change you from inside out. But if you think you need to qualify for you to hear his voice, then you will never really get to hear him. But once you accept that where you are right now, he can speak to you. That he should, you should be hearing the voice of God. There is nothing you need to do. 
Amen? Right there where you are, you could be hearing his voice. You can hear his voice. You should be hearing his voice. Right where you are, he could actually be telling you about me and about what is going on right now. What he wants you to capture. As I am preaching, you could be hearing him speak to you what he wants you to receive in this moment. It doesn't need to be special things. It doesn't need to be a prophetic word. It's just him telling you, this is what I have for you in this sermon. This is what I am building in you. He could be telling you, pray for a pastor. Because he said second kings and he still stopped talking about other stuff. So second kings. Chapter 6. Thank you for praying for me. Chapter 6. Second Kings 6.14 Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He answered, by a word he spoke. Do not fear. After he spoke, when the guy heard that they are more with us than those who are against us, then he said, God now opened his eyes. Hearing always precedes sight in the kingdom. Audio before vision in the kingdom. Hearing, do not fear. For they are more with us than those who are against us. Then he says, God now opened his eyes that he may see what he has heard. And the Bible says, when he opened his eyes, he saw that the mountains were surrounded by chariots of fire. See, the problem of not hearing God speak to you is that you are forced to react to circumstances. You live a life of reaction. You live a life of reacting to life itself. When things are happening, they happen to you. You have nothing that God is saying about a situation. And so you are just hoping that somehow God will do something. And so they become prayers of crisis. You move from crisis to crisis. Because you do not know exactly that this is the will of God. And the crisis is formed in two ways. One, either that the devil is attacking me. Or two, that God is attacking me because of my sins. One, it is the devil. Two, it is God attacking me because of my own sins. God has abandoned me. And so whenever we see Goliath, the Bible says he ran away. They saw Goliath and they ran away. And we need to raise up people who will slay giants. But then these must be people who are here in God. Who do not uh, treat every opposition as uh, as a sign that it's not God's will. Who are able to stay with the Judas, even though they know Judas is a thief, is a thief and they are okay because it is God who has put Judas there. They don't need to announce. They don't need to say, "Well, I have discerned." By the prophetic word that you are a thief. They are able to hear God and say, just leave him alone. He is there for a reason. So they are not reacting to the stealing of money. They are responding to God, what he is saying about that situation. 
They are able to endure. They are able to persevere because they have a word. We live by faith and not by sight. We, the kingdom of God is not by observation. The disciples, they knew the Bible, they knew scriptures. They could talk about it, but yet in Matthew 25, the Bible says that Jesus opened their eyes so they could understand scripture. After walking with Jesus for three years, they were still reading this thing wrong. They were still getting it wrong. How many people do you think are getting it wrong today? Now, these are people who are working daily with Jesus. And at some point, he opened their eyes so they could understand scripture. We have not worked with Jesus physically. And we presume that we understand what this thing is saying.
him. He wants you to know that he is pleased with you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to walk as he leads you. There is no great miracle. There is no great evangelist. There is no great prophet that will do anything more than you hearing God's voice. Last time I told you about, you know how we get excited if we are called to the prayer breakfast with President Trump or President Hood. You know why we get that excited? Because we don't understand that we can go to the throne room. The king of kings and very throne anytime we want. And so we are surprised when we go to the White House. Oh man, take a selfie. Say this is the White House. And yet, you could have been in the throne room in your pajamas in your own bedroom. You are able to bypass all the kings and presidents and prime ministers and go to the very throne of God. If you want, you can take a selfie there. But because you go there all the time, then you kind of get no longer need selfies. In the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Why should we stumble and in the powers and the kingdoms of this world? Why does it matter what they think about you? Why does it matter whether they invite you or not? Why should we be excited that the governor of Alabama has invited you to her house? Why does that sound like a favor? While you already have access with the boldness to the very throne of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Amen. Now, if this is our reality, let us walk in it. Let us walk in it. Let's, let's tear these things down and say, is Jesus real? Does he talk? Or do I only pray to him and I tell him my problems and I walk away? Can he speak to me? And if he speaks to me, I want to hear his voice. Not one day of a week. I want to walk as someone who is hearing the voice of God. So I can be saved from the great transgression, the sin of presumption. I don't want to walk by presuming. I don't want to presume anything. I want to know 